Join me, Jacqueline Coley, on a brand new podcast, Seen on the Screen, presented by Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes. Meet the innovative people at NBC Universal as they share their journeys, inspirations, and the movies that shape them. Each episode is an intimate and fun conversation about the impact of film. Seen on the Screen is available now. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. I am back yet again with Mr. Mark Ellis. And I am back with you, and Happy New Year! Yes, we are back, and it is the new year, and we are still in the same clothes that we were in last year. We liked them. 2022, we really good did. year for clothes. Or maybe we're just from the past, <laughs> projecting through a, through our lake house mailbox. Oh, boy. That's, <laughs> anyway, what a no. movie to reference when we're talking about our favorite movies of now last year, 2022. Yes. Definitely talking about our favorite movies from last year. If, by the way, you have not, I want to make sure that folks realize it's not just us that are talking about this. You can also go check out the folks at Rotten Tomatoes, the best movies of 2022 ranked. Um, go ahead and check that out, as well as the awards leaderboard, which is what I maintain weekly. This is where you can keep up to date for all the various films, what they're winning at the Critics' Choice, Golden Globes, and all the various Critics Guild. Be in charge of, you know, your Oscar pool and maybe know who's supposed to win. Not going to say that means you're going to be better at picking who will win, but you'll know what they were supposed to win for. Well, this is true because my mom now knows that she's playing against you. When what? when my mom and I do our Oscar pool and she's got like her friends back in Virginia that they all do the pool, but they they include Mark's ballot. They all know that that it's really you. Oh no. I'm just I pepper like 10% Scott Mance, 90% Jacqueline Coley and I take all of that information, I filter it into what I put on my Oscar ballot because I'm look, I love my mom. Her friends are cool. <laughs> I'm out for blood. Okay. You're I out want for to blood. win. Oh my God. That's so funny. I'm a competitor first and foremost, family member second. I do appreciate that. This is one of the reasons why I don't do Oscar pools anymore because I found out when you do it as your job, people get really mad when you win. And that is the worst kind of win to have. Oh, it's like you work at McDonald's, so you can't play McDonald's Monopoly. It's kind of like that. Okay. I, I work at a radio station, uh, <laughs> 95.5 KOS, so I get some free concert tickets, but I can't call in and play the games. This is kind of the way I, yeah. this is kind of the way I've been, or so I've been told. <laughs> This seems like it came from above. Maybe from the side. Came from the side. It came from the side, but it was a very forceful side. It was a very forceful side, and I heard that side. You got those side pasture airbags. You're going to be fine. This is uh, a part two. This is now we're out of halftime. We're starting the third quarter, but we can give the folks who are listening sort of a rundown of what we did for our previous episode. Yes, a little bit of a recap. But before we get much further, I did want to go in case you were just tuning into this half, which, first of all, go watch the other half. It's much better. Really good. Entertaining stuff. (laughs) 
to give you a recap, I voted for Bones and All, Devotion, Inspection, Good Luck to You, Leo Grande, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And Mark voted for Prey, Elvis, Hustle, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and Barbarian. We had a nice little like one word thing going on. Yeah, very nice and clean titles. Yeah. And this is something that you and I need to talk about off air because I'm still not married to what I'm going to call my uh, my new special, which uh, which we taped at the end of uh, last year because I had a longer word title for it. But something came up and I like the way it's playing. So I might go shorter. I think shorter titles are the way to go with the exception of the unbearable weight of massive talent. But everybody's just calling that massive talent. Everyone's just calling that massive talent. And honestly, on the unbearable weight as well, like if you can get it like it's a compound thing, I don't think you're going to be that far off from it. But But, uh, yeah, and I'll say this too about my list today. Yeah. My other five. Wordy. 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 I have a few. Why don't you start with your very first one? I don't have very many wordy ones. I have, uh, we'll see. <laughs> okay, and again, we're not ranking this in order because uh, because numbers and uh, math and verbal, it's, it's not the SATs, all right? I don't want us holding it to us later. We can, I don't even think kids take SATs anymore. Yeah, this is just our unofficial 10 best films of 2022, and Mark may give you his top film, and I will continue to dodge the question. I will give you my favorite movie of the year, so I'll close with that. But for right now, it is one that just, it stole my heart. I had no idea this was a movie. I had no idea it was coming out. Never heard of it before. I heard some people bubbling about it. I heard, oh yeah, it's this little underdog story. It's the ultimate underdog, because Jacqueline, it's a freaking shell. It's a shell. It does have shoes on, hence the name of the movie, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. And it just blew me away. You talk about the Grinch's heart going three sizes. Yeah. Ten size bigger heart today. First of all, what put this one on your watch queue? Because I love this movie, (laughs) but I'm... Yeah. I'm I'm like, yeah, I would not have put this on your watch queue. Yeah. So for for folks listening to the show, maybe for the very first time, they want to know some good movies to watch from last year. Jacqueline's radar is like a current U.S. military grade sort of radar. <laughs> My radar is basically like we're doing the SOS. We're in no, submarines. I don't really have is, a wide film radar. I did not put that shade on there. I'm saying that this is a very underground, just like what you were saying, this had a very cult-like following. Yeah. And so yeah. the idea that you even said in your thing, you're like, I didn't know about this and that it, you discovered it. That's why I'm like, oh, well, this found you, which is interesting considering how it was very underground and indie. It's such a funny title. And then I saw people tweeting about Marcel and I saw people posting the poster and I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. And then when they use words like, you know, warm and cuddly and underdog. I'm like, I'm listening. Okay. So it's it's this shell and it lives with its grandma. Doesn't know where the rest of the family went. Yeah. And then we get 60 minutes involved and, and this shell, uh, Marcel, becomes this viral sensation. And so it's sort of a mix of the modern world that we live in, but also just like the cute times of Pat when we could just have a shell with shoes on. Yeah. And that could be the story. You know, ironically, what it reminded me of is the John Favreau movie Chef. Because in the way that that's just such a self-contained, we're just going to cook and we're going to, cooking is going to make our lives better. But then you also had that social media angle where he gets in hot water with the food critic over Twitter. This sort of reminded me of that because it's just like this, we're just looking for our family, but then we have fun with YouTube and with, with, with influencers trying to just make a quick buck and 60 minutes, Leslie stalls in the movie. There's a lot of moving parts to Marcel, the shell with shoes on. 
I really love that you were talking about chef because first of all, with Marcel Deschamps with shoes on, the other thing that I think is interesting about that one is for as beautiful as it is, it's another testament of perseverance because the two people most intimately involved in making it were a couple when they first started making it Mm -hmm. and then were ex-husband and (laughs) ex-wife by the time that the movie came out because animation and stop motion animation takes that long. So they basically had a 10-year baby that they were making together even though they had been long since divorced. And, but when you watch the movie, yeah. it's maybe it, that sort of factors into the storyline a little bit. I think it does factor into it. So yeah. that's the part about it that I love. And Chef, I love that that was also born out of a crazy situation because John Favreau made that because of his anger trying to get pre-production done for Iron Man 3. Yeah, yeah. And so he went to go do Chef as his way of being like, F you guys. <laughs> and that's what got him back in their good graces to come and do like Mandalorian. Yeah. And he had Downey make a quick cameo in that where he's pretty much playing Tony Stark. Like yes! it, 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 it's a fun movie, but it's not as high on the tomato meter as Marcel. It, very few movies are. What is it? Our Marcel, the sweet little shell with shoes on. And I cannot believe I haven't tripped over that title yet. 99%. Wow. Certified fresh in the tomato meter, 91% audience score. So I say to you, Jacqueline Coley, Beat that. <laughs> Only thing I can beat that with is the fact that it got a Golden Globe nomination, too. So oh, good. I believe, yeah, it got okay. nominated for a Golden Globe on Tuesday. So I'm happy for it. Very happy for this film. I'm pumped. pumped. Next up, I have my very first film. Listen, I love that you started this so cute and adorable. Uh-oh. With um, an adorable little shell that talks like this, um, played by Jenny Slate. But I'm taking us uh, to a different place. All right. Um, And that is a place of sadness and puke and shipwrecks and rich people behaving very, 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 very badly. I am, of course, talking about Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. This is Ruben Oslin's Palme d'Or winning satirist comedy. This is the guy that did Force Majeure. Um, He also did The Square Basically, the absurdity of the world that we live in, this man can never not find a target of that. And he has assembled a cast of relatively less known people like Harris Dickerson. Um, Folks may recognize him from the last Kingsman movie. Also, it has Woody Harrelson, obviously recognizable, but for the most part, it is relatively unknown folks. Also, Dolly DeLeon got a Golden Globe nomination out of this, and it was Golden Globe nominated for Best Tony. It is a divisive film. This is not one of those films where, like, if you watch it and you're like, oh, my God, Jacqueline, I hated this movie. I'm telling you, you should go in with caution. (laughs) This is a movie that takes it there. And if you don't like that, you probably won't like this movie. But I love it. 70% fresh, 73% audience score. Love, love, love this movie. But sometimes those movies that have that sort of subject matter, you do tend to get a little lower with mm. the with the tomato meter and particularly the audience score. Just be, if it's a downer movie, sometimes audience is just like, well, that made me feel bad. Yeah. And and sometimes that oh, works with one, critics too. This one doesn't make you feel bad. This one definitely just makes you feel like shame and like, man, we are all hypocritical and like just how <laughs> like the absurdity of our existence. You know, it's like reading an onion article that hits too close to home. I have a wonderful little story about this movie for you. What? Very little, but it involves one of your favorite people of all time, who I don't think you've ever met in person. Oh, who? I was doing stand-up a couple nights ago, and my buddy Kevin Christie. Oh, yes! Who you love. I do. I love his story. We'll get him on the show. You should get him on the show. Next year. 
he told me that he had just finished his set. I think he brought me up or I brought him up on stage. And then we were talking afterwards and we were about to leave. And he said, yeah, I'm going to go finish the other half of this movie I'm watching with Woody Harrelson called Triangle of Sadness. I have not gotten the update because he was really into it. But I don't know. I haven't got the update as to the se- the second half of his viewing. So, Ooh, so yeah. I'll 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 see I'll, I'll see what he had to say. It's definitely a movie that traffics in like privilege and influence and like yeah, and just like again the games we play to exist in this world where like patriarchy and money and all of these things sort of like determine how we exist in it. Okay, I'm in. You got me. It's crazy, and Woody Harrelson's pretty hilarious in it. I love me some Woody. Yeah. All the way back to White Men Can't Jump. So. <laughs> and cheers, really. The bartender on cheers. I will give you that one. Cheers, man. Cheers, though. All-time banger. Still Always. holds up. Yeah, still it does hold slaps, up. as the kids say. Another thing that slaps, or splashes, rather, would be Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, I'm putting this movie on my list. I've seen it twice. And we have the tomato meter score currently. And this is, at the time of this recording, It's it just screened it had its premiere we've had critics weighing in for the last week or so 85 percent is where it's currently at on the tomato meter we don't have an audience score yet but i feel it's going to be pretty high up there and i have a feeling this movie's going to make a lot of money because it's an avatar it's james cameron uh-huh. it's it, we're returning to pandora after 13 years what an accomplishment just a visual feast i felt like i was scuba diving for three hours the three-hour runtime flew by for me both times but it's also the story that I really feel like elevates the material from the first setup movie that we got. I care about these characters. I care about the family more. And I haven't even started talking about my true love in this movie, The Whales. <laughs> I am full Star Trek for the voyage home. Save the whale. Save the whale. You know, he did get some voyage home on that one. It was so funny. Somebody said the other day that the first one is the Ewoks when they save Luke and Return of the Jedi. And I'm like, dang it. Like when she calls Awa, and ever since then I can't unsee it, I dare anyone to make this one to make that symbol of a joke. Because even if you want to make it reductive, I'm like, I don't care. That movie is incredible. It almost made it onto my list. And the only reason why it didn't, unfortunately for that movie, is I should have seen that movie before anyone else did. Wait, what do you mean you should have seen it before anyone else did? Like I should have seen it. Like, so I didn't see it on the 6th. Oh, so you're just upset at yourself. Yes. For not getting to this. I actually saw it on December 6th. That was my first foray. Yeah. So I had like it's award season for people that don't realize that. And so this movie, like I had travel. I was literally flying to New York to go do press. And it was just like the travel and everything. It just did not work with also like the fact that I had this huge work thing to do. So I was literally going to see it at 10 a.m. I actually went to the screening and was like ready to go. But like. (laughs) I couldn't stay. I had to leave. And it was so crappy. So I went and saw it on the 12th um, at that. And I wouldn't have gone to the to the premiere if I would have done that. And if I would have seen it on that day and walked out of it with the feeling without knowing what anybody else felt, it would have been more special. Well, look, we both got to see it last night, too, as of this recording. I'll, I'll just say we both looked. Jacqueline and I smoking hot. And <laughs> we watched Avatar. And again, I mean, this movie, The Whales for me did it. But I'll also say... Stephen Lang's Marine, yeah. what an incredible villain. One of the best villain turns of the year. We knew he was a bad guy in the first one, but there's a little more three-dimensional as that story progresses that sort of took me by surprise, but also impressed me. Also really impresses me, too, is just the idea of how he comes back is kind of an infinite loop. I want to be very clear to people that like the way they 
they bring this character back makes it to where a lot of the things that you would assume to be true in this world are not. Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm like, oh man, there's going to be lots of things. <laughs> I, I think fans are going to respond positively to the way that storyline unfolds. Apparently some people still can't handle Palpatine coming back. That's the force. You want me yeah. to explain the force? I, I can't. I'm not a Jedi or a Sith. They don't even understand how the force works fully. So... <laughs> Back off Palpatine and his zombie-like creation. But I will say the Marine... <laughs> this is way more more believable than that. And either way, I just like... The best part about Way of Water is... Everyone was asking the question is, do we need more of these stories? And Way of Water absolutely says, yes, we do. Like, where they left it also makes it to where you're like, oh, not only is this great, but bring us more. Like the Saved by the Bell, the College Years theme song implies... There's so much more to explore. <laughs> I love this very well. All right. I'm going to move on to my next one, which I think we may have overlap. And if we do, shout it out. So yeah. um, this one, look, I was in with very little other than the director's name and the title. Once yeah. I knew that, I was like, yep. And so... Oh, I think I might know where you're going. You know what this. I mean? So that was enough for me. And for anyone who naysays this film, I just want to remind you <laughs> that you now have the same cinematic opinion as Logan Paul. Okay. All right. That's it. I'm not saying that you have to love it, but if you are literally like, this does not make sense and you're like really like in your feelings about it, just remember whose camp you're in. And the movie is? Nope. Yeah. I mean, I thought everyone would get that. Nope. I mean, I picked up on it right away, but then I think most of our audience glommed on to what you were Spitting because Nope is the movie that I think you come in with such high expectations. Given yeah. what you said, the director, Jordan Peele, Get Out, phenomenal movie. I thought Us was great as well. And I liked that. I, I sort of like that bent on that subject matter. But then Nope, it's like, oh, okay, this is going to be th- this is going to be the best that Jordan Peele's ever done because we get some. It looks like we have some visitors. And then you think Nope, like it, like not of planet Earth. And it's like, oh, okay, the cast look yeah. great. Daniel Kaluuya back, Kiki Palmer. Three Oscar nominees. Three Oscar, Oscar nominees. Uh, one Oscar winner. And Steven Young. <laughs> He's an Oscar nominee too. He's great. Is he? Oh, yeah, that's right. From Minari. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. it's just such a fascinating tale and the way that he told it was impressive. And we also had this weird subplot with Gordy's home. Keep yeah. cutting back to that. And it just, it all wound up. So it, it's, you know, I guess the metaphor for Hollywood, but I also yeah. just enjoyed the way that it shaped up. I like there's a cinematographer yeah. in a crusty old cinematographer who gets the ultimate shot Yeah, is where we'll leave that. And I thought that storyline was tremendous. And again, Kiki Palmer, one of the best performances of the year. Everybody's great in the movie. She steals that entire picture. Not to, again, just keep uh, keep spouting out awards, but she did win New York Film Critics, and that is not the typical role that that would go to. Like, there's a ton of female actresses, like, I don't know, Kate Blanchett. Uh, in Tar, something you know, like that, some, yeah. Again, that's a lead performance as opposed to supporting, but the idea being the same, like, that's the type of caliber performance that is typically honored by that group. And so for Kiki to be honored for it is, like, really, really exceptional. Also, the other thing I will say about Nope is... It's like 82% certified fresh, 69% fresh for the haters. Sorry. Uh, but it's still fresh. Uh, and the other thing about it is it continues his streak of just being crazy successful. Three films, over $100 million. Like Jordan Peele is IP now. He can make that kind of sort of claim to say when his movies sh- 
are in the theater, people show up for it. Yeah, he's got that pedigree where where it's a theatrical experience. Because yes. you, I mean, you look at Spielberg this year, and I don't know if the Fablements is going to be on your list or not, but the, it seems like not even the name Spielberg can get just butts in seats anymore. Yeah. Just be, unless it is something like if he's doing a Ready Player One, people are yeah. going to want to show up to see blockbuster Steven Spielberg. But Christopher Nolan's on that list. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peele's on that list. And mm -hmm. it's and it's exciting to watch. I have a question for you about this movie because this we get this conversation every so often. I just wonder where you stand on it is a lot of folks were saying nope and they were defending it by saying that you need to see it two or three times. No. I only saw it once. I've seen bits and pieces since then because I'm just kind of fascinated in how Jordan Peele put the movie together. But what is the argument that uh, you need to see it twice? Does that hold any validity? Because I do think there is... There's some movies that really do reward you for rewatching them. Yes, but I think it's not in the way that people think. So many people are used to the Ryan Johnson, M. Night Shyamalan, if you watch this, you'll see breadcrumbs to the twist type. Rewatching this gives you a reward. What I think note people should be saying, what I hope they're saying if they say rewatch it again, is what you see is not nods to what the twist is, but you see little details to what he's trying to say besides the action, because it's almost like with his movies, there's something underneath everything. Like the idea that this being, this all-seeing eye, like maybe an audience, is chewing up all of these performers mm -hmm. and spitting them out just because they're seeking entertainment and a way to find where they're supposed to be. That's like what the Steven, like there's a lot more going on. And I think that's what people are suggesting. But unfortunately, when you say it like that, it's like, well, shouldn't this play on its own one time? And it does. It does though. That, that, yeah, that, would, that would have been my defending. It's like, I saw the movie once, start to finish, and had a, I picked up some of the metaphors. I picked up yeah. some of what the, 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 the breadcrumbs. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're just doing a bad job of the messenger because they're saying you should watch it a second time, which makes it either seem like, oh, well, you just didn't get it. When in actuality, it's like, no, this is a this is a soup that has like a second flavor in a minute. You know what I mean? Like where you like taste it originally and then you have like that like, oh, that's like a spice to it. You didn't feel it at first. Apparently, that's what you do with uh, with marinara, too. And, and I'm learning this. It, well, because, you, you know, you hear that like sometimes food that you make is better two days later. Yeah. Like people love Thanksgiving leftovers. I'm not one of those people. Yeah. I have yeah. I have the turkey day and then I'm I'm back to my usual diet of uh, my weekly chicken and pizza. But <laughs> with nope, I, I, I feel like that is like a stew or it's like a marinara for our Italian friends. Gravy where it's like, oh, you made it and it's delicious the first night, the second night or chili. Yeah, chili is like that, too. So which I guess is kind of a soup. Yeah, I guess that is a soup. Let us know your comments. RT is wrong at <laughs> RottenTomatoes.com. Is chili a soup? By the way, though, I'm literally, I was literally contemplating that. And I was like, you know, it's the consistency. And that's the problem. It's like the minute you say it, I have to start contemplating where it goes. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy. Like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What's your next choice, sir? My next choice in this stew of movies of 2022 is everything, everywhere, all at once. People have heard me on this show and other platforms not rail against, but I'm just tired and I'm just kind of bored. And the, the multiverse in the MCU, even when the spider people were coming through, just never really got my goat. I just never really it, really? it, it never really titillated me. And then I saw everything everywhere all at once. And I'm like, okay, we can use a multiverse device to tell incredible stories. This one blew me the F away. I was I was so entranced and I had heard some good things about it. I saw it pretty early in the game, but I was not prepared. For the breakneck speed that yeah. this thing just it gra- as you the movie starts and boom we are locked in yeah. and you got to be prepared for that and it I, I I had to catch my breath after the movie. It's really funny because you're right because it comes from this very like stagnant like we're going like fighting on our taxes how boring is that like this is the most mundanity right. of life and then we end up in the most <laughs> fantastical places that you can imagine possible. The thing I would say about um, everything everywhere all at once which is kind of incredible and sort of, I would say, groundbreaking in it is the fact that despite it being that it's not just a multi, it's not a movie that is in a multiverse. It is a movie about the multiverse. And I think that is where some of these movies that are just within a multiverse don't make uh, the right distinction, which is that what is the implications of this newfound information, this idea that like there are multiple lanes and the idea that if some people, when they find out that information, they are not going to use it in the most positive ways. Like I, I liked how honest it was about that as opposed to the MCU. It's like, sure, everyone knows there's a multiverse, but nobody would ever do anything nefarious towards it. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's a nice excuse to get uh, McGuire and Garfield back or, hey, look, here's John Krasinski as Mr. Yes. Fancy. It just, it, it doesn't doesn't do anything for me other than just the, it, it's cotton candy to me. Yeah. In the, now, maybe the MCU can can turn course and maybe Ant-Man and Quantum Mania blows my mind and I'm like, oh, thank God we got the multiverse. Not there yet. I enjoy the Spider-Verse animated style, but th- everything everywhere all at once, it's another movie kind of like, nope, yeah. where it's like, you don't have to watch it twice or three times like I've done, but man, does it continue to reward upon repeat viewings. Michelle Yeoh, uh, Kihoi Kwan, just, and and if for no other reason, the fact that we got to see short round from Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, <laughs> be back into prominence stateside and get a picture with Harrison Ford at, I think it was a convention or a screening yeah. or an award show, just to have them have that picture again together. It was beautiful. I, so, this is one of those moments where I got to give a name drop. Please do. But it's a good name drop. Okay. So I did a conversation with Harrison Ford. When? Uh, for 1923. It's on my Instagram. Or wow. It was on my Instagram. Yeah. Listen, though. I didn't get this news day of. Yeah, no. Well, You've changed. I, what do you mean changed? <laughs> I, it's not changed. I, I don't know, who does that? Uh, hey, I interviewed somebody cool today. Like, who Harrison wants to be friends Ford. with that person? I, I thought I was. Okay, no, you're not. And you know that. Wow. Okay, I will know in future if I do anything with Harrison Ford to make sure you're aware of it. He Thank is you. Indiana Jones. Okay, but the whole point being is I think he's been, people have been talking to him about the movie because... When he was doing press for that, he like was like legitimately, if you asked him about it, he was like, 
I've seen it. <laughs> like he was like leaning into it because he was like, yeah. you know, like this is like a whole thing. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but the movie again, I the only thing I would say about everything everywhere all at once is like for for some family members, maybe you're excited to uh, to do this. I, I think that you have to recommend it to people, but let them know like, hey, buckle up for this. Yeah. Because this is not a movie you put on at home and yeah. you can just kind of check your phone occasionally, put all the social media devices away. And it's, or you'll be lost. Yeah, I mean, as of, you know, again, we're taping this a couple of weeks before it comes out, obviously. The Fablemans and everything everywhere all at once seem to be those front runners. They do have some front runner status. The worst thing in the world is for Steven Spielberg, who, according to Key, like has said that like has helped him immensely throughout the years and is still oh, on his yeah, Christmas list. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, he is probably more than likely going to be the reason why that man does not get an Oscar if Paul Dano as playing Steven Spielberg's father or oh, more boy. likely Judd Hurst playing Steven Spielberg's uncle win Best Supporting Actor over him, mm. which is very likely to happen. Wow. But, you know, regardless of who wins or even He's, who gets... Even getting it to the dance at his stage is going to be huge. Getting to the dance. Huge, yeah. And I think we we all need as many positive vibes like that at the Oscars this year as we can get. Absolutely. Given the events of... I just want a big hug fest at the Oscars. I think this year the Oscars are very invested in that all physical contact be consensual. <laughs> you and I, uh, you and I, hosting this thing this year? Or no? uh, the host in the awards? The, the Oscars? Uh, no, we're not doing it. We do the one that we do at this table. I'm just saying we're ready to host the Oscars. Start the campaign. I will let you take that take that all by yourself. I'll be your announcer. I'll be your announcer, which is all I'm good for. My voice and my knowledge. I'll, okay, here's what we'll do with you. Because I think you'll love this role. You are going to be the mic'd up seat filler. So every time somebody has to get up to like get an award, we Too put much. you in the seat. Then I can do crowd work with you at various spots. And it's like a running bit throughout the night. This is what's so bad. Is like the reason why this podcast has any amount of success is that I forget that we film it. Like that's not... <laughs> Like, that's not going to happen. That's, that's why we do this. Like, if I ever remember that we filmed this, I would never do it again. We're going to move on to my next one, and you're not going to convince me to go stand in front of billions of people. Okay, well, don't worry. When you when you reveal your final two movies on this list, don't worry. We'll turn the cameras and the mics off. Shut up. If you could just aim towards the mic just for, you know, play along with the game. I mean, this one's going to be really boring, and I hope you're ready for to talk because I don't really have much to come back with because uh, my selection is actually also everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> Also, this is why I'm like, you're getting cocky, dude. You're about to be back on, mother. <laughs> that's mother flipper. The, that's why episode one was so listenable is because I was saying like hustle and pray and you're you're talking about these indie movies. But now we're starting to. Yeah. But, but it, it's wait a minute. Also, did you have nope? I did not have. OK, no, no, no. I do have nope. Oh, yeah, I have nope, too. I just realized I have nope on so my list. So you should have said that earlier. I literally <laughs> forgot. You know what's funny? I just have my list because apparently I wasn't allowed to see. Queen Coley's list. Before I wasn't we went allowed to, to see what Emperor Ellis had so either. I'm I'm zombie Emperor <laughs> Ellis. So I was looking at the list, and you said nope, and I was just assuming like, oh, okay, I it's on my said, list. I think this may be the one that we share. Yeah, I, I, okay, I might have dropped the ball to on show that. You. Maybe we'll host the Oscars next year. Maybe maybe this year's a little <laughs> too ambitious. But yes, 
Nope is great. We can't even remember which movies. We, nope. we would have a we would have an an envelope fiasco. Absolutely, go ahead. Okay, question for you again. What do the Oscars want more than ratings? Just saying. <laughs> when, when did you? I think you saw this movie before I did. Everything, no. everywhere, all at once. No, I saw this movie late. And in fact, the Daniels. I really hope you don't listen to this because we had so much <laughs> fun on that Twitter space. I don't want you to know this, but I had to watch it the Tuesday before. I interviewed them because if I recall correctly, did it come out in March? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, a that is still award season. <laughs> it all is now. Like it feels it's like still award season. And it sucks, but it was like right still in the middle of like busy times, if I recall correctly, or like right immediately following. I'm looking up busy. the release date. Yeah. I if maybe I'm wrong. March twenty fifth. March twenty fifth. Yeah. And I believe if we look at that, the Oscars this past year was like March you know, something. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, I mean, you're right. So that's like the culmination of award season. And I was like busy, okay? <laughs> and then you got like, what, half a nap before this prestige movie that everybody loves comes out and March And I was 25th. like, what the hell? I didn't see it. I gotta go. <laughs> but wait, when you have a movie like that, that is so early in the year, uh -huh. and, and there's a couple other, I mean, Nope came out in the summer. There's another movie yeah. on my list I'll talk about that was earlier in the year, but. Summers you, are fine. Do you feel like, are we still in that space where, okay, this movie's good, but it's March and there's no way we're going to remember this? I mean, it used to be, but now, if I'm being really honest, unfortunately, coming out now, you may get lost in the jumble. Of, of award season of movies. Of award season movies. So it movies. might be more beneficial to come out early. It might be beneficial to come out early because with all of the listicles and honestly, with the way they kind of divide this, honestly, I think these movies should just pick it based on when they think is the best time that these movies can make money. The problem with that is what would end up happening is they can't use festival reviews as part of the release schedule. Because that's the thing they right, don't ever talk right. to you about is the fact that like whatever people are tweeting out out of Venice and whatever, that like people tweeting out about Don't Worry Darling in Venice is why it has a $40 million opening when it comes out because that made this a spectacle because so many, that is not the type of press that movie would normally be able to garner. The kind of worldwide press of people being like, did you know this movie's coming out? Come watch it to see what the drama is. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of that $40 million opening was not based on the tweets about the movie coming no, out of the film. Festival. No, but this is the thing. Yes, Harry Styles has fans or whatever, but like legitimately also there were just random people who were like not as invested who just like messy drama who were like, let me go see what this is all about. There's also those people too. Did anyway. they give out free salad dressing opening weekend? Stop. Stop. I'm just, look, look, I Actually, know a little bit about, I'm not a big gossip guy. I just know what I see. Listen, why don't you move on to your next one? Since I already said everything everywhere all at once, don't say no. Don't say no. Okay, so I have, <laughs> so far I have Marcel the Shell uh, with shoes on. I have Avatar the Way of Water, where apparently they have four to five fing fingers. I'm not sure. Nope. Everything everywhere all at once. And then, and I will say my favorite movie of the year. It's not going to come as a shock to anyone, at least of which would be Jacqueline Coley. Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. My favorite movie of the year and not the least of which reasons is because I had to wait 34 years for this movie wow. and then two bonus years for this movie to finally see it because I thought I was finally getting it in 2020 and that, nope, that ain't happening anymore. And then it got put on the shelf for a whole long, bitter season. 
of two years. And the fact that they kept that under wraps from you, there's got to be just a slight bit of anger because they had that greatness. They had the greatness and it was just sitting on a shelf. And when the pandemic started, you know, you saw some streaming services popping up, HBO Max, Paramount Plus. And I'm like, oh, you know what's going to happen is that they'll make a deal with Paramount Plus. And we're going to get to see, I'll pay 40 bucks to watch Top Gun Maverick at my house. Top Gun. I'm glad that didn't happen. I don't say that about many movies, but I'm glad that did not happen with Top Gun Maverick because that is a theatrical experience in a different way than Avatar, but on a par with Avatar as far as you needed to see that movie on the biggest screen with the loudest sound system possible because they're actually flying the jets in this movie, kids. And (laughs) that's just the tip of the iceberg as to why I love this movie so much. I I just want to tell me some more. Honestly, like legit, like, well, I don't don't need to be here for this. This is about you. This movie would have been good enough as like a Mission Impossible film where it's Tom Cruise. What's he going to do this time? He's going to get in a jet and fly it around and he's really doing it. But the fact that it's Top Gun and it has that pedigree and it mined the story of the original 1986 film in all the right ways without going cheesy with it, without getting sappy with it, you felt the connection. And yeah. so I would give a shout out to folks like who were mentioned in the first movie, like Penny Benjamin, played by Jennifer Connelly in this movie. But then you also have Goose, who practically is a character in yeah. Top Gun Maverick. He's like a force ghost that's always sort of with Mav when he flies. And now he's sort of with Rooster, his kid, played by Miles Teller when he flies. And we're all training for this mission. So funny that, uh, that I, okay, so I went to go see this movie a number of times, right? One of the people, uh, a fr- friend of the show, Steph Sabra of the World Girls, she was at the screening and she had just seen the original Top Gun the night before. She'd never seen it before. And she's like, yeah, I really liked it, but it's kind of weird. Like the whole movie was just practice. And I'm like, you know what? I never put it in terms like that. It's just, it's, we're practicing. And then we get a mission at the end. We get a lot more practice here, but the mission at the end of this movie. Yeah. It's got so many layers. It's got so many feats. We got not one, but two miracles. And then a bunch of other stuff going on. It becomes behind enemy lines at one point. And just everything emotionally with the storylines of the of the characters and either, you know, living up to who you want to be or who your dad was or finding love and accepting that maybe need to let go. Iceman popping in and then the jet action. God damn, this is a great movie. I love this movie. And I and now I'm at the best uh, like right now is the best time to have Top Gun Maverick a thing because I've been doing a lot of flying. I was getting ready for my special, so I was doing a lot of touring. Going to go home for the holidays. And on every plane ride that was cross-country, Top Gun Maverick was a movie option, and it makes that flight go by in no time. Man, that was so good. I'm just, I wanted to listen to more of it. And honestly, the only thing I will add is it was uh, AFI Top Film recently, as well as Best Cinematography at the Los Angeles Film Critics Association. And MBR just voted at the top film overall. This is this has got Best Picture. I like where you're going with this. So for nominations, I think Best Picture, we, we got 10 slots yeah. we could fill. Do you see something for Tom Cruise? That depends. It okay. really does depend because supporting actor is weak. But also, one thing I realized, I accidentally asked you to go and do Top Gun because we realized that we had two of the same and then I counted wrong. So I need to go through two quickly. That's okay, but I, I'll just leave you with this. Top Gun Maverick, 96% certified fresh, 99% audience score. Those are two, I mean, and it's $1.5 billion at the box office. We'll see what Avatar does box office wise, but that's the highest box office total of the year worldwide too. Oh my God, giddy up Top Gun. And unfortunately... Or fortunately, I don't know if Avatar can make that dent 
it, it it'll be it, it's a crowded holiday season. Do you it, do you just do you just feel meh about Top Gun? It's not that I feel meh about it. Okay. I feel very great about it. It's just not the movie that I was like. I walk so every movie that I mentioned on this list were movies when I walked out of them. Yeah. I was like, yes, okay. that is my shit. Okay, like that is it. And Top Gun is like that was great, but that is not me. You know what I mean? Like these are me movies. These are movies that I'm like, yeah. no matter what, like I will put this on. And when you get to these, like I would put the, any of these on right now, and I would be with it. Yeah. And Top Gun definitely probably falls in that list. But there's some days that I wouldn't put that on. I didn't walk out of that theater. I ran. Yeah, up to the manager. I was like, can I go again? Exactly. Can I ride again? Exactly. Even Bones and All. I would still watch that again. At least aspects of it. I can't uh, wait to watch that movie. Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. All right, so the other one, I'm just going to go through this quickly. That's Woman King. I've talked enough about this movie. I've done so much press Ooh, about. Yeah. yeah. This is Gina Prince by the wood. I just, I'll just put it this way. Every aspect of this movie, it was produced by a black woman. It was directed by a black woman. It stars black women. It had a black editor that was a woman and a production designer and like everything. It had Terrence Blanchard, a black man who's like scored tons of incredible black women doing the score behind it. And it was just like everything us. And it stars people like Viola Davis and Lashana Lynch and Tuso. And um, yeah, it's just, it's dope. So anyway, 94% certified fresh and 99% fresh on that one. And it was a huge success Obviously going to be up for Oscars. Like, I and just, great action. And great and action. Great, oh, the costumes. Like the opening sequence it is literally on YouTube. If you just are looking at this movie and saying whatever you want to say about it, just go on and watch that opening sequence of like Viola Davis and those women just coming up silently from the grass mm -hmm. and tell me that shit isn't lethal. It yeah. is so lethal. All right. All right, Mark. This is the one where I know... That honestly, if I was going to pick my favorite movie of the year, this might be the one that I would feel the most confident in saying. You're not putting that pressure on your child, but no. you, I, but I, like, I put this that on is my the list. one. This is the one where if you had to be like, which, because honestly, it is just, it's beyond politics. It is beyond borders. It is beyond language, the brand that I'm speaking of and if what they are able the to Harry do. Harry and Meghan documentary on No, Netflix. no, this is bigger than that. This is anti-colonialism. This is socialist. This is capitalist. This is everything that we are as humanity. Whatever you are, it will unite you. Gay, straight, trans, cis, bi. It does not matter. This is what will unite the people. What could this movie be? It is a group that has been a part of our minds and a part of our hearts for decades. And although there have been losses and trials and tribulations throughout, it still remains that thing that brings so much of us joy, and that is watching drunk skater boys kick each other in the nuts. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about Jackass Forever. <laughs> the cinematic masterpiece. Yes! That still to this day, I remember it was a, like, I know this movie was important to me because it might have caused an issue with the person that lives in my house. So the person that lives in my house and I, I said, hey, there's a new Jackass movie and I want to see it in the theater. And this is the thing that normally happens when there's like content like that. And he'll be like, well, aren't you just like going to go to the premiere? Or like, aren't you just going to go to like a screening for work? Like, why are we like buying a ticket for this? And I was like, no, I will buy a ticket for this because I have bought a ticket to every Jackass movie since they started making Jackass movies. Have you? Because I am an elder millennial and that again, it crosses boundaries. It's never not funny. It's never not funny to watch people get kicked in their junk. It's not just funny. It takes you, It the laugh is different. Yes. It transports you to a place of ecstasy 
from giggling so hard it hurts, but you can't stop. It's it's the best workout yes. that I had in a theater, even over Top Gun Maverick, where I was just sweating on the edge of my seat, excitement, cranking popcorn into my face. Jackass, it's dangerous. To be, it, it's a jackass stunt to try to eat food during that movie because it's all coming back up. Absolutely. And that was the other thing. We saw it at the Alamo Draft House. So we were definitely like tempting fate, but we did not care. That's the jackass way, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you get a couple I, adult beverages in you. Oh, my God. I will admit I am a very sane and rational person. But on uh, any day I watch one of those movies, you might convince me to like do some fear factor <laughs> stuff. You could. You could. I love that stuff so much. It's just funny. And they found a way to update it. Comedians, you're just bad comedians. Jackass is a bunch of white <laughs> suburban bros who have a high tolerance for pain, kicking the crap out of each other. And they found a way to be inclusive. Your comedy sucks. And <laughs> they found a way to usher us into a new generation. Absolutely. With people like Rachel Wolfson. And it sort of does have shades of a great film, like a Top Gun Maverick, where it's like a passing of the torch. And it's Johnny Knoxville realizing, hey, maybe I can't do this to my body as much anymore. Yes. So let's get some new folks in here. There was some real like, adult male therapy going on with those men being like, no, I don't need to do this anymore. That was like a growth. That was growth. And still, it's still we get people punching each other in the balls, I which just, is what we want. I, I love <laughs> Jackass from its days of just being a show on MTV. Yes. And I don't know. And again, if I could go back in time, you know, I would say, what concert would you see? What if I go back in time and see one movie in a theater opening weekend? I never saw any of the Jackass movies in a the theater. Oh, my God. No. And see, that was the other thing is I always saw them in the theater because they are a communal experience. Like, that's the other kickers. I should be very clear. A Jackass movie is a communal experience because you see people that are like, oh, like they scream and like turn their face is the same thing that somebody else is just inherently laughing uncontrollably at. The thing that some people like literally are like turning their face away from. There's another person that's like, yeah. I, like, you, you would be hard pressed to find a better theater movie than that. And I'll say it in terms of this, like people get excited to go see Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. Or even something like Monty Python, the Holy Grail, where you know everything that's coming, but it's still fun. And it is that community experience. And you forgive the talking a little bit. You forgive all the other stuff that, you know, if I'm trying to watch, uh, you know, Prey on the big screen, if I'm trying to watch Marcel the Shelf, I'm watching Nope, for example. I'm like, no, I, I want to focus. I want to hear everything. But with something like Jackass, you want everybody to just express yourself. Yeah. And those are sometimes the best movie experiences. That's why I love horror movies is because everybody gets scared together. But comedy, a good comedy like Bros, everybody's laughing together. Yeah. But you are exploding with things you did not know you had inside you watching a Jackass movie. Absolutely. And this is the best part. Rewatchability is incredible because there's always going to be some moment where you will have your eyes closed from laughing. And so, there's always somebody who hasn't seen it yet that you can have come yes. over and be like, I'm going to you're you're the guinea pig today. And then you get to just watch their reaction as they watch it. Anyway, I, I love this movie franchise and 85 percent certified fresh certified fresh streak, I might add, of Jackass and a 91 percent fresh audience score. It just doesn't get any better than that. You won the list wars, I think, because I'm proud of every movie I put forth, uh, as I'm sure you are. But just looking at your list comprehensive is the word I would use for Jacqueline Coley's list. I mean, it is, again, these are movies like when I think of the reaction I had with Jackass, all of the movies that I had to some extent, like I walked out of them in that like, like I skipped out a triangle of sadness. Nope. I was like, oh, I got to watch this again. I got to know what happens. Woman King. I was like, this is some wish fulfillment. You know, like everything had that like, 
with bones and all, I'm like, this is so sexy, even though they're eating each other. You know what I mean? I loved how they were able to do that. Yeah, I think I'm looking at my list and like my childhood got served a little bit and then my adult interest as well. I'm going to give a shout out, honorable mention. We did The Whale for me Mm. just because Brendan Fraser and the rest of the cast were so good. But I'll also say RRR was just the action, the dancing, everything in that movie was just a triumph. But I'm looking at like, so stuff like Prey Mm. and Top Gun, that's like, well, you know, I grew up watching Top Gun and Predator movies and to have them back in the way they are. Elvis, always interested in a biopic like that. Hustle, basketball, have you ever met me for five seconds? The unbearable way to massive town. Just a fun sort of, you know, meta look at, at Nick Cage. Barbarian, I'm a comic, I travel a lot. That speaks to me. Marcel the Shell, adorable. It's Molly the Wonder Dog in shell form. Avatar blew me away in a theater. Nope. I love alien movies. I love Jordan Peele. I love a mix of comedy and horror yeah. and figuring out what's going on. And then everything everywhere all at once. You cannot underrate how great it is to go into a movie theater, not knowing much about something and just being blown away. So it's fun to celebrate trailers. Indiana Jones 5 looks cool, and we get to see it in six months. Sometimes I love not seeing any material related to a movie and just walking in and just seeing what do you got. I do love that. Also, I might add, um, I I stand by what I say. I have a reputation here at Rotten Tomatoes. Whenever there's like thirsty... material that comes through the like rotten tomato. It's like, it's part of our job to be like, oh, hey, this is what's coming down the pipe. Mm-hmm. We should know about it. And if it's thirsty, it is always on my radar. Like you can't surprise me when thirsty material is coming down the pipe. I am the pipe. Like I know where it's coming from. <laughs> like I know exactly who like the thirsty purveyors are. What's a thirsty? Can you give me an example of something thirsty coming 365 down the pipe? 365 days. Okay. Uh, Lady Chatterley's lover. Oh. Anything that Adrian Lynn does. Okay. Uh, Jonathan when, Major's bodybuilding? No, because it has to be like a premise within the movie. Gone Girl. Oh, okay. You know Gone Girl's I mean? a good one. You okay. know what I mean? All like right. Fatal Attraction. So just basically like, again, this is not porn, but it's just like 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 sex movies or anything that is like gearing towards that. You want to know something else that's in that? You'd be surprised. Hit me. The bear. Boom. Oh, wow. Inherently sexual making food. Yeah, I mean. Because let me just tell you, there's a lot of ways you can say yes, chef. Uh, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of noises you make after eating at a delicious Italian beef sandwich that might sound like you're doing another activity. Exactly. So again, so that's uh, I, I do like that. I always find a way on my top 10 list to have something on there that that speaks to those people. Those are lists. That's our list. Yeah. And this is the what's to go great about this week. You guys get our full list as a part from two episodes and we will start the new year fresh with some new and exciting stuff. Mark, do you know what we actually have? You've inspired me, by the way. Yes. Um, just we have a, we have a great slate of movies we're going to be covering here on this show week after week. But also just hearing your list, I'm like, I, I got to get back out. <laughs> see more movies. Yeah. You didn't get as many in this year. I had year. a good movie going You had a great. Here. I think you like, you know what it was? You had good innings. There weren't a lot okay. of innings, but you had good innings. And All that right. may be better because there was a lot of crap that I did not tell you about <laughs> that I saw this year. A lot. It's like when we go back, right? The 70s were the best time for music. Yeah, because we remember the good stuff. Yeah. Week after week, you had a lot of crap coming out in the 70s. Like, you know that, like, just like scrape 10% off the top and yeah. it's bad? That that 10% felt gooier this year well, than normal years. Anyway, you that, made it through. We definitely made it through. I want to remind everyone, please let us know what your top tens are. You can let us know at Rotten Tomatoes is wrong, at RT is wrong, at Rotten Tomatoes. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Tell your friends. We love it when you have new folks listen. Also, for anyone that had us on their Spotify wrapped, Apple Music people, I will go ahead and tell you, 
sorry, you're messing the rotation up, but Spotify rap people. <laughs> there was several of you that tagged us in your Spotify rap. We're very excited that Saw you did that. a lot of those. That. Thank that you for that. That was really Thanks sweet. Really appreciate it. Next week, Mark, what do we have? Do you know? Uh, no, it's it's a total mystery to it's me. It's a total mystery to you. I will tell you, it is because Megan is coming out on 1-6 and that is one scary doll movie. Yeah. And so we're going to have a different scary doll movie that we're going to talk about. Which is? Bride of Chucky. Okay. People like this movie. Yes. It's got a cult following. It has a very big cult following. And I will also sing the praises of the 1978 film Magic. Really? Starring the ventriloquist Fats. The ventriloquist and the dummy both played by Sir Anthony Hopkins. Oh, my God. This is such good trivia. I'm going to go tell somebody this. I'm going to watch this movie. Fats? Yeah. Anthony, okay, all right, we got to go. This man, made, this man has won two Oscars. We we can't just have him go out like this. But anyway, Bride of Chucky. <laughs> also, I might add for this one, um, Chucky walked so Megan can run. Thanks, guys. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> At Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> 